For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and wherever you're watching or listening. This is the Stochastic NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I am your host, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy, on Twitter, Blue Sky, wherever else. Uh, Flying solo today, Uh, Mr. Harris um, is at a doctor's appointment um, that had been planned, so he's out. Obviously, Jake is taking care of his newborn, so... Uh, you're stuck with me today. Uh, we're going to try our best to get through uh, these 10 games here tonight. Before we go too much further, I uh, just want to make sure everybody throws us a like, throws us a, a subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, those things certainly help us out, help keep uh, these shows coming, help keep keep this channel growing. Um, if you don't appreciate our video, and you know, I can't really blame anybody for not wanting to stare at Josh and I for an hour, uh, we are available in podcast form wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please leave uh, five stars if you can. Those things help us out as well. And we have a stochastic Hall of Fame that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, we are presented by Bet365. Uh, they have been our sponsor the entire season. So thank you very much to Bet365. But yes, if uh, you want to get into the stochastic Hall of Fame, uh, this is how you do it. You download the stochastic avatar from stochastic.com slash avatar. Place in the top three of any contest with at least 5,000 contestants. And there are a bunch of those on DraftKings tonight, uh, thanks to a pretty big, uh, pretty big prize pools pretty much across the board. Uh, so tonight is a night you can uh, get into uh, the Stochastic Hall of Fame. You tweet that win if you do finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 contestants. You tweet that to the Stochastic Hop account, or you can just email it uh, to support with a screenshot of your win. You do all that, you get to win a free month of Stochastic, um, any package of your choice for that month. Uh, just make sure uh, that you haven't won already because it's only available once a year. Though I suspect if you're, as Josh says, if you're winning multiple times every month, um, you're probably uh, not um, probably not dying uh, for the NHL package. And we did have uh, a winner last week amongst uh, the people that do watch the show, Chris Worstel. Uh, took down a thousand dollars over on FanDuel. Um, we've had some winners in the chat. Certainly, uh, B. Huseman um, hit over. I think it was over the weekend. Um, you know, Chris Negus took down the four check, uh, the four dollar. Uh, I think I believe it was on Saturday or Sunday. Um, he's been on a little heater as well. So, congrats to the winners. Hopefully, uh, we can get a couple more uh, here tonight. Uh, again, uh, please like and subscribe if you have not already um okay we do have 10 games to get through tonight i'm gonna try to limit my sips of water um as little as i can but i did go for a run earlier so i am a a little parched um as they might say uh we do have 10 games 10 very interesting games 
I don't know, maybe nine interesting games. And then there's a Seattle Arizona game also on the slate. Uh, but no, there are some really big totals uh, that we do have to get through. Um, we also have uh, projections and top stacks are up on the site. there uh, a little late today um, as we had uh, somebody uh, training um, to do this NHL stuff so that Jake doesn't always have to do it himself. So please bear with us while that goes on. Uh, but everything is up. So stochastic members can go up and check it out on the site, including my free article. Um, usually happens almost every day, except for Sundays. Uh, just head on over to the NHL section at stochastic.com. My article is up for today. Um, it'll be up tomorrow. It'll be up Thursday and so on and so forth for the rest of the season. All right, let's get to these games. Let's get to this first game. It is a very interesting game. We have the Buffalo Sabres with a 2.8 total. They're going into Carolina, face the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina has a 3.8 total. The reason I find that interesting is Carolina's goaltending has been pretty terrible so far this season, almost regardless of who they put in net. Um, despite that, you only see a 2.8 total uh, for Buffalo which I think is tied for the lowest of any road team here tonight. Get to a couple more of those games, Nashville being one of them. Um, but yeah, a low total. And that's also with uh, Buffalo stacking their top line again. Uh, the Tuck, Thompson, Skinner line was put together in their last game. Looks like they're going to be going out again here tonight. Um, as our top stacks tool uh, will show here in just a second, there's not much ownership coming in on that Buffalo line on DraftKings. 2% expected ownership on the Tuck, Thompson, Skinner line. 10% top two stack percentage. Now, they are a very good line. Don't get me wrong. Um, they have struggled this season, though. 2.4 expected goals for, 2.1 actual goals for. One of the big problems when I was looking into why is they're taking a lot of shots basically from like the tops of the circles, uh, you know, where Alex Ovechkin might typically stand on the power play. That's pretty much where they're shooting, whether it's Tuck Thompson or Skinner. They're not generating a whole lot from the slot uh, as opposed to what they were doing last year. And then you combine that with going into Carolina. Once again, a great defensive team this season. It's just their goaltending that has let them down. Um, it kind of makes sense that you're seeing that low total. Um, this line hasn't been very good so far this year. Of course, they can break any slate wide open, but they're facing uh, the Jordan Stahl line in that shutdown matchup as they go into Carolina. Uh, Josh and I always say um, it's very that's a very, very tough matchup. Once again, this year, uh, one of the best shutdown lines in the league. That Jordan Stahl line sitting at 1.3 expected goals per 60 minutes so far this year. That's about half the league average. Um, so yes, very, very difficult matchup. You know, I imagine there are going to be a lot of people playing a lot of lineups tonight with so many big contests. So if you want to, you know, if you're playing 50 lineups, maybe you want to throw a couple Buffalo in there. No problem with that. I just don't think they're a, a team I'm particularly targeting, especially, you know, you have Dylan Cousins, um, out of the lineup. He hasn't really been having a great season, but the guys that are replacing him with certainly, uh, aren't a whole lot better. Uh, so with no Dylan Cousins, no Matias Samuelson on the blue line, um, they are missing a couple players. You know, Victor Olsen is going to have to probably draw into the lineup with Brandon Biro hitting the IR. So th there's just a lot of moving parts. You basically only, only have to play that Buffalo top line if you want to. I don't think I'm going to get to that point. Carolina's side is a little bit more interesting, obviously, with that 3.8 total. Um, the issue is, is they've kind of broken up their lines a little bit. Stefan Nason up to the top line with Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis. Um, Jack Drury 
centering what I guess would be the third line with Martin Natchez and Michael Bunting. But again, they use that Jordan Stahl line in a shutdown matchup. So I'm wondering how the ice time is going to work out here. Because if Jordan Stahl's line is out against Thompson's for all their for all their ice time, at least at five on five, that's got to be, you know, 11, 12 minutes or something like that. You, there's only so much ice time to go around, especially when you factor in special teams. So I'm wondering how much ice time that line is actually going to get. It's actually that Carolina two line that is interesting me here tonight. Um, yes, Perry Kakaniemi is a guy that has kind of struggled at the NHL level, but he has really had a really good season so far. Uh, career high shot rates by a wide, wide margin uh, on a per minute basis. Um, he's really driving uh, the offensive play, which is something that he had struggled with uh, in seasons past. Uh, the line is pretty leaky defensively, but again, where they're not going to be facing that top Buffalo line, um, there's not a whole lot in the Buffalo depth that really concerns me matchup wise. So I don't mind that Carolina two as a filler line. The problem is that they are a little bit expensive. They are actually more expensive on DraftKings than the top line. Sveshnikov is still 3,800 on FanDuel, so maybe it makes more sense over there. I think I do have interest in that Carolina 2 line. Just don't overlook Carolina just because they're, they're spreading their players basically across four lines. Um, that 3.8 total is something that we can't just walk away from. So even if it's just a one-off like said Jarvis or like Martin Natchez or something like that, I think that's uh, uh, something that uh, DFS players certainly can do here tonight. Moving on, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning going into Montreal. Excuse me. Tampa Bay has a three and a half goal total. Montreal actually has a 3.1 total, which is not nothing. Uh, it's the same as the New York Islanders that we'll talk about next. It's higher than St. Louis and Arizona, certainly higher than Anaheim and San Jose. So they're expecting quite a bit, quite a bit of offense here uh, in this game tonight. Maybe not so surprising when you see that, you know, Montreal um, hasn't really been that bad offensively so far this season. They're facing a Tampa Bay team that is uh, playing their second game in as many nights. Um, Tampa Bay is also likely going to be on their third string goalie, Matt Tompkins, because Jonas Johansson played last night and obviously Andre Vasilevsky still not back in. So 3.1 is nothing to just kind of scroll past. So I do find it uh, interesting to see Montreal not coming in with a whole lot of ownership, honestly. Um, again, I'll bring up the top stacks tool here uh, quickly. A top line coming in at about 2.3%. The Monahan line, 2.1%. The new hook line, even lower. That new hook line, uh, you know, I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. I'd like to be, think I can speak somewhat intelligently on this. I don't think that's going to be a very good line. Uh, Kirsten Dvorak um, returned from injury in their last game. Um, he's His play has fallen off basically since they signed him. Josh Anderson's down on the third line. He's just a defensive black hole. Like, Newhook can only do so much. You know, if you want a one-off Anderson, or one-off Newhook or something like that, I think that's fine. I just don't know about three-man stacking. I know why people are doing it um, is to get to the expense of Colorado guys that we'll get to later, but uh, just not something I'm interested in. Uh, Montreal, too, uh, certainly in play. They've been perfectly uh, fine this year. 3.4 expected goals, 4.8 actual goals for 60 minutes of 5-on-5. Five five. Problem is this. A lot of Sean, Sean, not a lot, a fair bit of Sean Monaghan's production has come on the power play so far this season. Um, he's shooting 43% on the power play. Now, you know, obviously power play shots, you're going to get uh, better looks. You're going to get better quality. 43% is just absurd. Like half that would be a pretty high rate. So 
I think there's some power play regression coming from Monaghan. So I think that's something I might want to avoid. It's the Montreal top line that I would have interest in. The top line has actually been pretty good this year at both ends. As long as they haven't had Josh Anderson there. 2.7 expected goals for 2.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes for the top line without Anderson on the top line. And he's not going to be there. It's going to be Uri Slavkovsky. Montreal's big issue was generating shot volume, their top line last year. Um, they really heavily leaned into the shot quality bit, not so much shot volume. That's getting better. Um, and they're also going to be, like I said, they're going to be facing a Tampa Bay team that is probably going to come in a little bit tired. They're going to be facing a Tampa Bay team that has looked leaky defensively um, so far this season. I mean, they're just coming off a game where they gave up six to Toronto. I mean, Toronto's obviously a better team than Montreal, but um, six goals and you have uh, your third string goalie starting the next night. So yeah, I do have some interest in Montreal here. They're coming in uh, with positive leverage. Um, Slavkovsky being uh, priced where he is uh, means that they're not in an expensive stack. They're under 16,000 on DraftKings here tonight. Uh, so I do have some interest in Montreal. One, it's where we what we do with Tampa here. Because um, Tampa did put Brandon Hagel back on the top line uh, in their last game. Now, top line coming in at 8% ownership, 14.6% top two stack on DraftKings here tonight. That gives them positive leverage, and they do have a big total. Like, you know, with 3.5 total, especially on the road, nothing to seize at. A big part of that is the Tampa Bay power play. Tampa Bay's top power play unit has scored 12 power play goals in 12 games. That's just the top unit. That's not the, including the secondary guys. Uh, and Montreal is giving up the second most uh, power plays per game to the opponent this season. And also allowing a slightly over one power play goal against per game. So it's a really good matchup for that Tampa power play. You get two guys on the second line, Stamkos and Nick Paul on the top power play unit. So if you want to save a bit of money, dumping down to there, I think it's perfectly fine. But I would probably just go right back to the top line. Brandon Hagel's looked phenomenal this year. He's rarely played with Point and Kucherov, where he was pretty much all of last year. So I think he can just full three-man stack them. If I were to one-off any player in this game, it would be Stamkos, um, just because of that power play matchup that Tampa Bay has here tonight. I did write him up uh, in the picks article today. So I don't mind playing Stamkos as a one-off. I think if I'm going to full stack, I am going to go to the Tampa Bay top line here tonight. Um, Ryan's asking, who would I stack for GPPs uh, on FanDuel here tonight? Um, interesting, uh, you know, we just mentioned Carolina with Andre Sveshnikov being so cheap. I think Kotkaniemi uh, certainly makes sense. The Tampa Bay top line is the top leverage line uh, on FanDuel here tonight uh, per the top stacks tool. Um, just to kind of show everybody I'm not lying here. 15.7% um, top two stack, 5.6% ownership, top leverage by quite a bit. So I think Tampa Bay certainly makes a lot of sense uh, on FanDuel here tonight and pretty much just in general. All right, let's move this along. Next game, Minnesota Wild, 2.9 total. They're going into New York to face the Islanders. The Islanders have a 3.1 goal total. It looks like it's going to be Semyon Barlamov starting for the Islanders. I think they have a game tomorrow night, so it makes sense. Um, and he goes tonight, so Roken probably go tomorrow. Marc-Andre Fleury starting for the Wild. Um, you know, the big news over the weekend, Josh and I celebrated uh, pretty heartily that um, Marco Rossi was joining the top line with um, with Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov. Um, you know, Rossi scored in that game. They uh, stormed back from a 3-0 deficit to the New York Rangers. So 
you know, they all played over 21 minutes. What the Islanders look like, or lines are going to look like, is kind of up in the air. Um, Bo Horvat has been missing practice. Um, it looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. Matt Barzell said he hopes he can play. I'm not sure that he does. Um, if he doesn't, the top line is probably going to be Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, and Oliver Wallstrom. That particular top line for the Islanders um, has not been very good offensively in their minutes together. I like Wallstrom as a player, but he's honestly a guy that just misses the net too much. Like if you look at his uh, shot attempts and shots on goal, like there's just a really big discrepancy there. Um, and then when you factor in that Matt Barzal has not really been a good goal scorer in his career, Anders Lee certainly on, on the downswing. Uh, Islanders one, I'm passing on here tonight. Islanders two is where things I th- things get a little bit more interesting for me. Um, they typically have a lot of ownership. They don't have much here tonight. 2.1% top two stack on DraftKings, 2.5% ownership. They have just been generating offense at will so far this season. Over 100 minutes together, 3.9 expected goals for, 4.1 actual goals for. Those are just tremendous offensive numbers. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On top of that, they're going to see a little bit of that top line from Minnesota. And as good as that top line from Minnesota has been um, off, I think could be offensively. They're certainly not going to be very good defensively, especially with Jared Spurgeon out of the lineup. Now that's not going to be their sole matchup here tonight. They probably will see a little bit of that Joel Erickson Eck line, but Nelson Palmier and Engvall is the line that I think I like best um, in this game entirely. Uh, you know, Palmieri and Nelson both on the top power play unit. Nelson has been sh- like just shooting an absolute ton so far this season. He's at 37 shots uh, on the year, five goals in 10 games. So he's certainly picked right up, right off uh, where he's been the last couple of years. So I really do like that Islander second line here tonight. 13,400 on DraftKings. <sighs> They're very reasonably priced. Um, they, you know, they're one of those filler stacks you can put in, you know, if, if you're playing Detroit, uh, you know, later in the slate, if you're playing Pittsburgh, if you're playing maybe not Colorado, depending on what you do with them, but certainly like uh, Winnipeg or Arizona. Like there are a lot of stacks, top line stacks that you can fit in with that Islander second line. So I think that would be the direction I would go in this game. All right, next of the early games, uh, Detroit 2.9 implied goal total going into New York to face the Rangers. The Rangers have a 3.5 goal total. That I got to say, that kind of surprised me considering um, that the injuries that um, that the Rangers have, Adam Fox being out. Then, you know, I kind of remember what I said uh, on the last show. 
Adam Fox's impacts mainly come on the defensive end. Now, don't like, don't get me wrong. He's a very, very good offensive defenseman. He can run a power play. He can do all those things. He reminds me almost of Charlie McAvoy in that sense, where McAvoy, McAvoy from Boston is very, very good at both ends of the ice, but he really helps Boston out defensively more than he does offensively. And I think Adam Fox is kind of the same thing. Um, so losing him, obviously not ideal because uh, there's nobody that can replace him in the lineup uh, at both ends of the ice. But it, I don't think it hurts the Rangers as much offensively as we might make it out to be. It certainly hurts their bottom six that Philip Hedel is hurt because then you're moving Vincent Trocek up. You're left with, you know, the Nick Benino, Will Cooley, and, and, and you know, Capocacco is going to be dumped down there, down to the third line. So um, I think it hurts the bottom six that, that Hedel is hurt. But as far as, like, the top half of the roster goes, I don't think it really changes that much. And I think that's why you're seeing a 3.5 total. Also because I, th I think uh, Detroit's been a little bit overrated. And, you know, when you look at, at what they've done so far this year defensively, the top line for Detroit's at 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes, only 1.6 actual goals against. It speaks to how much, um, how much the goaltending has helped in Detroit so far this year. So I kind of get why people want to play the Rangers here tonight. And that's why you're seeing a lot of ownership on them on DraftKings, You're seeing double digits on both the top two lines. Zbanejad, Kreider, Wheeler, 11.1%. Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere, 10.2%. If I had to pick one, it's the Panarin, Trocek, Lafreniere line. And I can almost hear Josh agreeing with me uh, from wherever he is because, like, I've watched quite a bit of Winnipeg games over the last couple of years where Blake Wheeler used to play. I've certainly watched my fair share of Rangers games already so far this season. There are spurts where he still looks like the guy that he was five, six years ago. He just can't. I just don't know if he can be that guy consistently for an entire game. And when you're talking about Zabanejad and Kreider, you're talking about shutdown matchups. You're talking about going into that top Detroit line that has been so good offensively so far this season. I, I think it's going to be one. It could be a game where Blake Wheeler's back down on the third line by like halfway through the second period or something like that. So I'm gonna. I would prefer that Panarin Trocheck Lafreniere line. They've actually been fairly good in their sample together like over the last three years 3.1 expected goals for 2.8 actual goals for that's also only while shooting eight percent um you know assuming Lafreniere's uh, improved uh, over the last couple of years and I think he certainly has you know you're getting two guys on that top power play unit in Trocek and Panarin um Detroit does take their fair uh, share of penalties 3.8 times shorthanded per game that's well above the league average uh, that I think is down to 3.5 now so um you know, Eric Gustafson can slide in onto that Rangers power play fairly easily. So I think this is a Rangers two game for me, Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere. I really like them here tonight. I think they're perfectly fine um, and might actually end up in my single entry lineup uh, here tonight. Detroit's interesting because there's no ownership coming in on that top line of Debrinkat, Larkin, and Raymond. And with Igor Sesterkin hurt, it's going to be Jonathan Quick in net for the Rangers. And if I look at the rest of that Detroit lineup, it's like, where else would the goals come from? Is it going to be JT Confer and Andrew Kopp? I mean, maybe. And I think uh, the last time I slagged that line, uh, I think Kopp had two goals. So, you know, watch out for that here tonight. But if I were to think about it realistically, like if this Detroit team gets four or five goals here tonight, you got to figure the top line gets involved. So 
with Blake Wheeler going to that top line, it's going to make them worse defensively. There's just no way around it. And without Adam Fox, again, it's going to make the blue line weaker defensively as well. And then you have Igor Shesterkin not being in net. You have Jonathan Quick instead. So I don't know if I would get to Detroit one in my single entry. I think they're still playable in single entry, to tell you the truth. I think I'd be more inclined in like a 20 max or certainly a 150 or something like that. But I wouldn't sleep on the Red Wings here tonight. I think they're flying. Um, they're they're firing a little bit hot right now, but it's not a bad matchup for them. So, you know, especially if you're playing a lot of lineups, you might want to consider uh, Detroit here tonight. All right. Thank you for that water break. And if you've been watching the show, obviously I've been bringing up uh, the top stacks tool quite a bit. Click the link in the description below if you want to join us here. Uh, we do have premium subscriptions available for our NHL stuff, whether you want to do weekly, whether you want to do monthly. Um, you get those top stacks. You get these ownerships. And it looks like Nathan McKinnon is going to carry a lot uh, here tonight. Uh, you get all our projections. You get access to the Discord where you know we update uh, injury news, lineup information. Um, people share probably <laughs> – uh, a, uh, a lot of what they're cooking and you know it's a bunch of guys that can't cook very well uh, except for Josh uh, a lot of them like to overcook their steaks it's it gets a little bit weird at times but uh, it's a lot of fun uh, it's a good group of people um, the tools are really really helpful we use them every day whether on this show whether talking um, amongst each other in dms or whether talking uh, through the general discord so click the link uh, below this video help us out um come join the fun um nhl is just kind of getting started we still got five more weeks left of this all right let's move on we're starting to get to some late games here and this is a very intriguing matchup we have the winnipeg jets carrying a 3.2 total they're going into st louis the st louis blues are carrying a 2.8 total I don't know exactly what's going on with St. Louis. Like their their team, don't get me wrong, I don't think is very good. They scored ten goals in their last two games. They have scored um, at least three goals in I think four out of ten games now on the season. So they definitely have been getting on the board. They're not generating a lot of volume, but this isn't a team that usually generates a lot of volume. The St. Louis Blues are actually one of those teams that. Um, kind of started the shock quality movement in the NHL, if you want to call it that. Like going back six, seven, eight years, even back to when Kevin Shattenkirk was still around, certainly, you know, obviously Ryan O'Reilly was still there, David Perron, all those guys. Um, it was a team that would focus less on shot volume and more on shot quality, and it would lead to some big nights. It would also lead to a lot of nights where, you know, all three guys at the top line would, have, would combine for like two shots, and that would be it. So it is a very boom or bust team. Um, the interesting thing for me, the interesting part for me in this game is what they've done with their power play. St. Louis has loaded up their top power play unit. They put Pavel Bunchnevich, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Braden Shen, along with Tori Krug on the top power player. At least that's what they were showing uh, in practice this morning. The reason why that's interesting is because if you look at St. Louis's numbers over the last few years, power play numbers over the last few years with Justin Falcon, with Tory Krug, it's night and day. 
Um, shots on the power play go down about 20% whenever Justin Falk's running it. And goals on the power play go down about 40% whenever Justin Falk's running it. So Tory Krug has been the much better option for the St. Louis power play basically since he got there from Boston. And now they're finally loading up the top power play unit with all their top guys, including Tory Krug. And they're facing a Winnipeg team that has really struggled on the penalty kill so far this year. They're not taking a lot of penalties. They're only at 3.6 times shorthanded per game, which is right around the league average. But they are giving up over a power play goal against per game. They have not been good so far this year. Went down one man or two. Um, you know, they're not allowing a ton of shots. It has been somewhat goaltending related, but as somebody that's watched the Winnipeg games, they're also missing assignments. They're letting guys, you know, kind of sneak around behind them uh, for for tap-ins and for easy rebounds and things like that. So I think it's one of those cases where the shot shots against numbers can be kind of deceptive for Winnipeg. Like their penalty kill has looked just about as bad um, as, the, as their goals against numbers have shown. The problem is St. Louis doesn't draw a lot of power plays. Um, They're actually drawing the fewer power plays uh, per game on the season at just 2.7. But now that they've gone to a loaded top power play unit, I don't wonder if they don't just give them 70, 75% of the power play time. Um, You know, this is a team that usually somewhat splits its power play units like 60-40. I could see this this top unit, you know, like I said, being closer to like 70-30, 75-25 even or something like that. So it might not be a bad spot for uh, either of the top two uh, St. Louis lines. Um, My personal interest, uh, for this uh, particular matchup is the line that's um, the line that's probably going to be going into uh, the Winnipeg top line of Shifley, Alex Iafalo, and Kyle Connor, and that's Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich. Um, it's a fairly cheap line, twelve thousand nine hundred tonight on DraftKings. They're coming in uh, with positive leverage, one point six percent top two stack, one point two percent ownership. So you're getting a top line that is going to a stacked top power play unit against a team struggling on the penalty kill. And they have positive leverage as a filler stack. Like those are kind of, those are a lot of uh, boxes to check off. Um, Call it checkoffs boxes, I guess. Uh, So as a joke that only I liked probably. Uh, So I kind of like that Buchnevich Thomas captain in line. Um, they have been generating reasonably well, 55 shot attempts per 60 minutes so far this season. That's not great, but again, um, being anywhere as close to Lee average, I think Lee average is about 59 this season being anything close to that for this St. Louis team, I think is nearly a miracle. So I kind of like Buchnevich, Thomas and Kapanen here. They're, like I said, they're going into that, um, Winnipeg top line that is really, really struggling with Alex. I follow there 2.1 expected goals for, 2.7 against per 60 minutes. Um, since Gabriel Velarde got hurt, it's just been a rotating cast. It's been, you know, they have had Mason Appleton up there. Um, I think Nikolai Ehlers spent a, a, like a game up there. Um, they just haven't been able to figure out anybody else to use in that role. And they're sucking because of it. I mean, let's face facts here. So um, I do like that St. Louis top line matchup. I do like their power play matchup, even if they only draw two or three power plays here tonight so st louis won for me the winnipeg side like i want to play winnipeg one uh as josh and i like to bring up often uh this is uh flow chart season to the max 
um, because this doesn't appear to be a very difficult matchup. Um, normally in not difficult matchups, we say avoid Winnipeg, um, but they're coming not coming in with a lot of ownership, 5% ownership uh, per the top stacks tool. So I think Winnipeg one certainly uh, in play here. Winnipeg two uh, and Winnipeg, I think on top stacks, they're calling the Lowry Appleton Niederreiter line Winnipeg three. So I'll call them Winnipeg three. Winnipeg three, I can't believe I'm saying this with Mason Appleton there has actually been pretty good. 3.4 expected goals for 1.7 against the last couple of games. They've been playing like 16 to 18 minutes. Like that's not third. Those aren't third line minutes. Those are genuine second line minutes. Um, St. Louis, you know, that second line has struggled defensively with Braden Shen there. Um, I don't mind Niederreiter, Appleton and Lowry as one of those uber cheap filler stacks. If you need them, you know, if you're playing a super expensive Colorado stack or something like that. But I think it's the Buchnevich Thomas line that I like best um, from the same from this game, and certainly from the St. Louis side here tonight. All right, next game. Both teams have a 3.0 total. We have the Seattle Kraken going into Arizona. We have Joey Decord in net for Seattle. We have Connor Ingram in net uh, for Arizona. Both goalies have actually been off to a strong start so far this year, both with save percentages over 9.10. I think the league average is about 9.06 right now, so uh, both above average. Ingram jo- Ingram is one of Josh's favorite goalies. Uh, don't want to put too many words in his mouth, but I'm pretty sure that's something that he would agree with. He is uh, a Connor Ingram guy, as he might say. So um, interesting goaltending matchup. One thing I want to note here is – the Arizona top line has really struggled to score so far this season um, at five on five. Only two expected, two actual goals, sorry, per 60 minutes at five on five. They have over 120 minutes together so far this season. This was a line that was over three last year. Obviously, it's a shooting percentage issue. They're only shooting 5.5% as a line. Um, if they were double that, I wouldn't uh, blink an eye. Um, um, so I don't. Uh, so I don't hate the idea of using Arizona one. What I will note, what I will note here, um, is that Logan Cooley spent a couple shifts on the top line towards the end of their game on, I think it was Saturday afternoon. They lost to win at home to Winnipeg. Um, I think they blew a lead in that game. Even, uh, they did move Barrett Hayton down and they moved Logan Cooley up. Now Cooley is on the top power play unit. So one way or another, that top line would be perfectly correlated. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details but there's no ownership coming in on that Arizona top line here. 1.9% ownership, 5.2% top two stack. 
we don't know how Cooley that's with Barrett Hayden. We don't know how Cooley would fit in there, but they're similarly priced on DraftKings here tonight. I think um, Cooley is 4,600 while Hayden is 5,000. So if you just put Hayden in there, if you want to play Arizona, if you just put Hayden in there and it is Cooley, uh, you can late swap to him and you probably get that line as a combination in almost any tournament at under 1% ownership. So where that line is certainly due for some positive regression. The Seattle goaltending decor has been good this year, but um, Seattle goaltending is never really, it's not, he hasn't been elite and it's certainly never been a strength of this team basically since their inception. I kind of have interest in that, in that Arizona top line here tonight. And if it is Cooley up there, that line's only 17,700 on DraftKings. It's not really that expensive. So I do have interest in that Arizona top line. More importantly, I think if you're looking for a filler stack, Kraus, Michelli, and Bukestad from the Arizona side. Michelli is a guy that Josh and I are both big fans of. Uh, he had tremendous playmaking numbers uh, last year that, that are persisting again this year. Um, the one thing Michelli is doing is adding a shooting dimension uh, to his to his game. I think his shots shot attempts have gone up like 40% from last year. Still not elite, but at least close to league average where he was basically shooting as much as like a middle pair defenseman last year. So that's an added dimension to his game. Um, you know, Lawson Kraus, uh, he's a guy that can score in bunches. He's uh, popped a few goals over the last week. So again, if you're looking for one of those filler stacks, I don't mind Kraus, Michelli, and Bukestad, but I think it is the Arizona top line I like most here tonight. On the Seattle side, <sighs> I don't know. They're moving Kyler Yamamoto to the top line with Matty Beneers. Uh, they're moving Ty Cartier down to the fourth line. I kind of get why they're doing it. The top line has struggled to score uh, so far this season, basically the entire season. Um, Matty Beneers hasn't really had a good start at all. He has zero goals and four assists in 12 games. Um, he's at under a shot per game, which is basically where he was last year. So they're trying new things to get that going. This is the way I look at it. Kyler Yamamoto wasn't good enough to stay in Edmonton where they are desperate for any good forwards outside of McDavid, McDavid, Hyman, and Dreisaitl. They let Yamamoto go after he spent seasons in the top six with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And if you can't make it work with McDavid and Dreisaitl, I got a question just how, how you can make it work literally anywhere else on a top line. So Seattle top line is a complete pass for me. Um, dipping down to the second line, I think is where things get interesting. Schwartz, Eberly, and Wenberg have been fairly high event in a small sample so far this season. 68 shot attempts per 60 minutes at five on five. That's pretty high event for, um, any Seattle line. Uh, Schwartz has been a high event player basically all season long. Uh, and Eberly and Wenberg both play on the same power play unit And Arizona has certainly struggled. Uh, on the penalty kill so far this season. Uh, they're giving up uh, over 10 goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5. That's basically one per game uh, so far this year. In fact, they're at exactly one power play goal against per game on the season. So, again, you get uh, Schwartz – or, sorry, you get Wenberg uh, and Everly on the same power play unit. The line has been very high event. They're going to avoid the top-line matchup from Arizona. So, I kind of like that Wedberg line from Seattle here tonight. I think they're perfectly fine to use, um, you know, per the top stacks tool. They're probably, probably going to be highly owned. 
uh, relative to their top two stack percentage. But every Seattle line is. If you want just two man Weinberg and Everly, I think that's perfectly fine. But I'm going to be honest, I think it's Arizona one that I like the most in this game. All right. Let's talk about Calgary. The Calgary Flames, they have a 3.1 total here tonight. They're going to be hosting the Nashville Predators. Nashville has a 2.8 total. It's going to be Jacob Markstrom in net for Calgary. Jacob Markstrom still has a sub 900 save percentage. It's going to be UC Saros probably in net um, for Nashville. Calgary's goaltending, what can you say? It's letting them down once again. I don't know how good this team actually is. But I will say, um, but I will say that uh, they have Dustin Wolf in the AHL, back to back goalie of the year in the AHL, off to another good start again this year, and they still won't call him out because they don't want to lose their backup goalie on waivers. It's just absolute insanity. I no, I don't know how they're running that team anymore. Um, there's certainly been a lot of upheaval, GM, coach, and all that stuff over the summer. So. I have no interest uh, in Calgary, especially with Andrew, Andrew Mangiapane out. He got a one-game suspension for a cross-check in the team's last game, so he's not going to be in tonight. Josh and I were talking on the last show that had Calgary on it, how other than Jonathan Huberto, Mangiapane's basically their only talented offensive winger. Um, he's a guy that can both score and set up goals. Now, I think he's a better school, goal scorer than he is a uh, playmaker, but he can do both. Now that he's out, there's Jonathan Huberdeau, who's a very good playmaker, and then that's it. That's why Dylan Dubé's on the on the top line with Huberdeau uh, and Elias Lindholm. Um, not a big sample over the last couple of years with Dubé and Lindholm together. 39 shot attempts for 78 against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 five five with Dubé and Lindholm on the ice without Tyler Toffoli from last year. Obviously, Toffoli's gone. He's in New Jersey now. They, they're just getting throttled whenever they're on the ice. Um, I don't imagine it's a line combination that could make it through this game. So I have no interest uh, in that Calgary. If anything from Calgary, it would be the Coleman-Backland uh, duo. Uh, they're going to be going up against Nashville's top line. Nashville's top line has been trading chances a little bit uh, so far here this season. But... You know, Backlund and Coleman are probably going to get a rotating cast on, uh, you know, on their wing with, especially with Mangiapane out. Um, you know, Adam Ruzicka got called up, but it looks like he's going to start on the fourth line. So, I'm going to be honest. Other than maybe Coleman and Backlund as a two-man, if I was playing a bunch of lineups, I don't have any interest uh, in the Calgary side here. For me, it's all about Nashville in this game. Uh, again, Calgary goaltending has just been like. I don't know if everybody else is watching the same Calgary team I am, but like this team is eight has an 872 save percentage, 29th in the NHL. I, that's about where they were in the league in the in the league last year as far as ranking in the leagues in the league goes by save percentage. Like this is not getting better. Um, Nashville's top line uh, with Gustav Nyquist there has been very very good. Uh, 70 shot attempts uh, generated per 60 minutes in their limited sample. They've been. With or without Nyquist, that the top line duo of Forsberg and O'Reilly has been putting up pretty high expected goals rates. Uh, Philip Forsberg right now is sporting a career high shots per game, shots per minute, and all that stuff. The problem is that he's shooting 4.4%. This is a guy that can usually finish around 12% in a season, if not higher. So if he starts coming around by shooting percentage and they're facing a team that has absolutely terrible goaltending, 
That's also going to be without probably their most talented offensive winger. I have questions about um, how well Calgary will do here tonight. Obviously, the problem is that Nashville top line is going to be facing off against Michael Backlund's line. They have been very good defensively, so you're really relying on the goaltending falling apart. But, you know, goaltending has been falling apart, so what can you say? Um, I will bring up Nashville's second line real quick. Tommy Novak, Luke Evangelista, Kiefer Sherwood, 12,400 here on DraftKings tonight. Um, nearly 60 minutes together so far this season. 3.3 expected goals, sorry, per 60 minutes of 5 on 5. 4.1 actual goals generating 64 shot attempts per 60 minutes. Whether it's Novak, whether it's Evangelista, one of them is going to be on the top power play unit. Um, Calgary doesn't take a ton of power, a ton of penalties, sorry. But again, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar, Dan Vladash, sorry, um, have not been very good uh, in that for Calgary. So I don't mind that Nashville second line kind of as like a filler, but I think it's Nashville one I like here tonight. Like they are coming in with positive leverage. Another one of those mid-price lines that people don't seem to want to play um, under 2% ownership here on DraftKings. Um, you know, God help the goalie <laughs> that faces uh, Philip Forsberg when his shooting percentage starts going up. And if it happens to be Jacob Markstrom tonight, they could have a really good night. So I don't know if I'll get there in single entry. If I was playing a 20 max or something here tonight, I would probably, I would be heavy, heavily considering um, that Nashville top line. I think there's certainly... Uh, in play here. All right. I'll tell you guys about a our NBA lineup generator package. We have a special deal going on right now. It's 50% off your first week and then $8.95 every week after that. Um, you can get uh, you get uh, ownership settings and lock you can lock and swap players. You can export lineups all, all for under $5 for your first week. Um, the lineup generator also comes in other DFS packages as well. Um, but what you can do is use the algorithms here at Stochastic to make uh, the best lineups that you can. They populate the lineups for yourself. Um, it's very easy to use. You know, Josh says all the time, um, he once had trouble copy and pasting and even he can use uh, the lineup generator. So obviously it's very easy to use and you don't have to spend a bunch of time researching all the players. Um, it takes advantage of the simulation tools that we have uh, to try to give you the best lineups possible when factoring in uh, expected uh, production, expected upside, and also ownership. Um, it'll save you a lot of time if you're somebody that, you know, you have, you have hockey practices with your kid after supper or, you, you know, you got to do bath time uh, when, uh, when lineup lock is about to hit or something like that and you don't have a lot of time. It's perfect for that. So be sure to check out our NBA lineup generator package. Again, you get 50% off your first week, um, $8.95 every week after that. So under $5 for the first week. Um, you can check it out. Uh, obviously, Greg Ehrenberg um, had a pretty big first week in NBA. Those guys are very, very smart. So um, if you're into NBA, if you want to get into NBA, uh, this is a pretty good opportunity to do that. So uh, check out the NBA lineup generator package, 50% off your very first week. All right, let's turn it back to hockey again here. Here's my favorite game of the night. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins at a 3.7 total. They're going into Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks have a 2.9 total. These two teams played uh, last week um, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh lost 4-3. Um, I 
think that was a game that we were talking about using the, the Anaheim top line. It was the second line that went off, or maybe it was vice versa. Either way, um, you know, Anaheim's certainly already shown the ability to put up goals and beat this very Pittsburgh team, but they're only carrying a 2.9 total. Um, that's just a little bit higher than San Jose. Uh, 2.8 San Jose we'll talk about because we have to at the end of the show, but only a 2.9 total. Um, Anaheim is very interesting for me here on this slate. Like, I think they're getting, I think they're a lot better than um, they're getting credit for. Um, the big change is obviously amongst their defensemen. Like, I'm a big believer that in the new NHL, basically all your defensemen have to be able to skate and move the puck. And they didn't have the defensemen to do that last year, and they got caved in. Um, Jackson Lacombe has looked very good. Obviously, Pavel Mentukov has looked phenomenal for the Ducks. Like, I'm talking, like, top pair material, almost immediately phenomenal for the Ducks. Um, you know, getting rid of black holes, uh, at basically, at both end of the ice, ends of the ice, and, and replacing them with two very capable defensemen makes a big difference. Um, whether this team is good enough to make the playoffs or anything like that, I'm not so sure, but they're not going to be the doormat that they were last year. Um, it's just a matter of which Anaheim line to use because uh, they're not that far apart in price. $1,300 difference um, on DraftKings uh, tonight. A little bit bigger of a gap, uh, $4,600 over on FanDuel. So you are going to get almost no ownership on the mctavish strom Vetrano line. And it was mctavish strom and Vetrano um, that I want to talk about. I'm going to bring up my picks article real quick. Free to read. Again, over at stochastic.com. Just head on over to the NHL section. But the matchup that they're going to have is Pittsburgh's top line. And Pittsburgh's top line is giving up 3.2 expected goals against them. 4.4 actual goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Rates that are 50% and 100% higher than when they're on the bench. That's a lot. Um, the Pittsburgh top line has been very good offensively so far this year. What I think is happening is Pittsburgh struggled at five on five offensively last year. And I think there's a bigger um, emphasis to get that going this year. It's just costing them defensively. And that puts Anaheim too in a pretty good spot here tonight, I think. And again, not coming in with very much ownership uh, on the top stacks tool. Anaheim too, 17,200, 1.5% ownership, 3.6% top two stack percentage. That's pretty good leverage. And, you know, Pittsburgh has looked leaky. Um, you know, penalty kills, been good. We have to give them that. Um, but they have looked leaky at five on five. And with no one wanting to play that Anaheim line, I think Anaheim two is certainly in play. Now, I won't argue with Anaheim one. Terry Zegers and Carlson, they have also looked good so far this year. Uh, 2.9 expected goals for 2.3 against in their minutes together. They are having trouble scoring. It is a shooting percentage thing. The line's only shooting 5%. You'd probably expect that to be around 9% or something like that, even with Carlson being a rookie. Um, but I think it's the vitrano mctavish strom line that I kind of like uh, the best here. Another reason why is Pittsburgh really doesn't take a lot of penalties. Uh, they're below average um, on a per-game basis. So, you know, you don't get uh, a ton of uh, you won't get a ton of power play minutes out of out of Mason McTavish or anything like that. So I think it's Anaheim too. I like on the Anaheim side. Pittsburgh, there's going to be some ownership on Pittsburgh, but honestly, not a lot. 
Um, I'll bring up top stacks again real quick. 5.8% on the top line on DraftKings, 6.3% on the second line. Now they have been priced up, 22500 for the top line. But Anaheim is by far the most penalized team in the NHL so far this season. They're giving up 5.1 power plays per game. No other team is at 4.4. So they're giving up way too many power plays to the opponent. Now Pittsburgh's power play has struggled, obviously, so far this season. Looked better against San Jose, but who's doesn't? Um, but they might get a lot of opportunities here tonight. Um, you only get Gensel and Crosby on the top power play unit, so I think that's why you can dip down to Malkin and, and, and Riley Smith. Riley Smith has obviously dropped, jumped to the top power play unit. He's looked really good there. I think he's a better option than Raquel. It's not just a results-based thing. It's the fact that I think Riley Smith has a more, more diverse set of offensive skills playmaking zone entries, those types of things uh, than Raquel does. I think Raquel is a better goal scorer, but obviously that's not helping and they need guys that can do other things. So um, I think either Pittsburgh top line, Pittsburgh power play stack, I think is certainly in play here tonight. Might get a little bit expensive, but we have gone through some very cheap fillers. Um, I do like Pittsburgh one of the one the best, but I think both top lines are certainly in play here tonight. If you want to save some money and dip down to the second line, no problem with that whatsoever all right very important game coming up next new jersey devils 2.8 total going into colorado colorado has a 3.6 total right now it looks like colorado's top line is going to be probably the highest on line of the night um 20 expected ownership on DraftKings here the reason for that is jonathan Druen is back on the top line and that saves thousands of dollars when compared to arturi lekanen um you lose that power play correlation, which kind of sucks, but it's, I don't think it's really a big deal in this matchup. Um, you know, New Jersey still missing Jack Hughes, still missing Nico Hischier. Um, the penalty kill really hasn't looked that great so far this year. Uh, so I think it's a great spot for Colorado one. They're just coming in with a lot of ownership. And here's the thing is like, they're coming in at 20% expected ownership. And we just talked about that Pittsburgh top line. Only $1,100 more expensive and coming in at like a third of the ownership of Colorado and and Pittsburgh's facing a team that takes way more penalties uh, than New Jersey does. So like, I'm not going to say don't play Colorado here tonight. I, I, I even think Nathan McKinnon is a fine one-off. Like the guy keeps shooting. He's just not scoring. And eventually those goals, those shots are eventually going to start going in and he's going to fill the net. In fact, I even wrote Nico Ranton in, uh, in the picks article today because you know, him and McKinnon are still generating offense so far. Um, you know, they're up to, uh, I think it's 3.0 expected goals uh, per game, 5.0 actual goals so far this season. So they are still generating a lot. They had they were scoring before their recent shutout streak. I have no problem playing them. I just think when you look at a much lower on Pittsburgh line uh, in what I think is a better power play spot, it, it just seems hard to get there in a single entry. I, I, you know, certainly once you, once you're playing 150 lineups or whatever, it's just about figuring out how much Colorado you want. But I, for me, I, I think it makes more sense to dip down to the Colorado second line. Um, 15,100. They've been pretty good so far this year. 76 shot attempts in a very small sample. Natushkin, 16 shot attempts for 60 minutes of 5 on 5, but he has he hasn't scored yet. Brian Johansson, 14 shot attempts, which is per 60 minutes, which is really high for him. 
So they are shooting, they are generating, they are going to be a little bit overowned. But, uh, uh, you know, with Lekkanen and Johansson, uh, you get power play correlations. So I do like Colorado too a little bit more just because I think there is a viable, much lower owned alternative to Colorado one. That's basically my entire argument. It's not that they're in a bad spot, they're in a fine spot. It's not that they're a bad line, they're a good line. It's not that I don't think they'll score. I think they'll probably get at least one goal here tonight. It's just. Again, I just think that there is uh, another comparative line that you can play um, at considerably less ownership. That makes more sense. Uh, on the New Jersey side, they switched up their lines quite a bit last game. Uh, the Top Stacks tool does have the Foley, um, Brat, uh, and Michael McLeod skating together. Uh, to Foley, Brat, Timo, and Andre Platt are all going to be on the top power play unit, it looks like. So, um, Colorado does take a lot of penalties. I think that's one thing to note here. Colorado, certainly uh, one of the most penalized teams in the league. They're up at five, four times um, shorthanded per game so far this season. Uh, it's fifth most power plays given up per game. Um, obviously, New Jersey missing two, their two top centers, but you look at the guys that are left, you still have Tyler Toffoli. You still have Timo Meyer. You still have Jesper Bratt. You still have Luke Hughes. Even Andre Palat's not that bad right now. So, you know... Uh, I think I would lean uh, Timo Meyer and Andre Palat as a, as a little two man. Like Meyer has been shooting the puck. He's just been getting a little bit unlucky. Um, but I think it's Colorado too that I like best in this game. All right. Last game of the slate. Philadelphia 3.7 total going into San Jose. The San Jose Sharks um, have a 2.8 total. Philly's going to be starting Samuel Urson in net. Mackenzie Blackwood going for San Jose. Samuel Urson uh, for the Flyers has an 815 save percentage so far this year. Um, I don't think he's. I, I don't think he's a good goalie. He's certainly never shown any reason at the NHL level why he why we would think he might be. Um, but they are getting Sean Couturier back in the lineup tonight. Morgan Frost comes out. I assume they're going to go back to a somewhat normal configuration, which would be uh, Couturier Tippett and Cam Atkinson on the top line. There's going to be a lot of Philly ownership here tonight. I mean, how can there not be after uh, San Jose gave up 20 goals in two games? Like, football team, there are good football teams that don't even do that. Um, that's why, you know, we have the top stacks run with Frost because, the, you know, that stuff with Couturier was announced just before we came on the air. But you can see 20% ownership on that Frost line when he was expected in. I think like pretty close to what at least a quarter of all lineups tonight are going to have some sort of Philly stack in them. I think that's a pretty reasonable assumption. Um, I, I certainly understand why I'm not going to say don't. Um, the thing is, is that we don't know what the lineup is going to look like. Couturier coming back is a very significant shift for them. And this is also the very last game uh, on the slate at starting at 10 30 Eastern. So there's every other game will be locked. There won't be a lot of late swapping available. So you'll have to be very careful with your lineup. If you do play the flyers here tonight, but obviously all the flyers are certainly in play, you know, connect me, um, uh, wherever he ends up, it doesn't really matter. Um, the top line, Couture, I assume it's going to be Couturier, Tippin and Atkinson. I think that's what I would probably stack. If I were to play the flyers here tonight, um, Couturier, Tippin and Atkinson, um, have played pretty well so far this season. 
They're not going to be an expensive stack. I don't think they're going to be highly owned because people don't know what the lines are and they won't want to guess on the line combinations of the very last game on the slate. So if you want to be really risky, I think going with a Tippett, Couturier, Atkinson stack makes a lot of sense here tonight. You're going to get two guys at least on the top power play unit. They've played well so far this season. Um, they had been skating basically together, basically right right up from like game three, right up until Couturier got hurt. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a particularly popular combination, like I said, because it's the last game of the slate and people aren't going to want to, um, you know, leave thousands of dollars on the table if they have to make a crazy swap. So they, you know, the Flyers are going to be highly owned, but I don't know if that particular combination is going to be highly owned. So I don't mind uh, Couturier, um, Tippett and Atkinson certainly here tonight. The San Jose side, I know I slagged them in the last show, Seems like rightly, considering they gave up 10 goals. But they moved William Eklund to the top line uh, with Thomas Hurdle and Fabian Zetterlin. Now, William Eklund is their top prospect. He's looked fine in the bits of the San Jose games I've watched. It's just that the entire team, especially the like the defensemen, are terrible. Um, but what I did notice about San Jose is they have Eklund and, and Hurdle on the top power play unit. And they moved Jacob McDonald to the top power play in the last game. That was something I, I wrote about in the offseason quite a bit that I thought they, they would do. For whatever reason, they went to Kyle Burrows and eventually moved away from Kyle Burrows. They went to Jacob McDonald last game, and they scored twice on the power play with Jacob McDonald running it. He's a guy, he's kind of a journeyman, but he ran a lot of power plays in the AHL. That's kind of the quality of players we're dealing with here. And Philly does have a great penalty kill. Uh and McDonald, I think, is listed as a winger on DraftKings here tonight, even though he is a defenseman. So kind of sucks. But like a two-man of McDonald and Eklund comes in under 6K on DraftKings, and it gets you to all those super expensive Colorado players if you want them. So um Eklund moving up to the to that hurdle to that hurdle line with Zetterlin, uh it, it kind of piques my interest. I, like I would I'm not advocating full stacking the San Jose Sharks. I haven't lost my mind yet. Um, but one-offing McDonald, one-offing uh, Eklund, two-manning them, two-manning Eklund and Hurdle, like those types of things, I think are certainly in play here tonight, especially with Samuel Urson in that. Like, yeah, the Sharks have struggled scoring goals. Urson's really struggled <laughs> making saves. So um, I think there are certainly one-offs you can pick from the Sharks here tonight. All right. Those are all 10 games so far uh, so on this slate. Uh, thank you for bearing with me um, as we went through these games. The goaltending tonight is – there are some good spots that I like. What I wrote up in the picks article was Devin Levi. Whether him or Uko Pekka Lukanen goes tonight doesn't really matter. But Carolina, they've generated a ton of volume. Uh, those goalies are 6,900 on DraftKings. Anytime a goalie's coming at 7K or under going into Carolina, I'm pretty tempted to roster them just because of the shot volume that they'll probably face. Um, I don't mind UC Saros, Nashville going into Calgary. He's reasonably priced as long as he gets a start. I mean, Kevin Lankin is the same price. Calgary is a team that really, really struggles, uh, to generate good quality. And with Andrew Mangiapane out, I can't imagine that's going to change here tonight. So Saros is another one of those goalies that could face a lot of volume, um, but not a lot of quality as will whoever starts for Anaheim, whether it's John Gibson or Lucas Dostal. So Levi Gibson, um, or Saros are probably the three goalies I'm looking at the most here tonight. Um, 
you know, I think Semyon Varlamov, if you, if you don't mind paying up a little bit uh, for the Islanders, certainly makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, before I get to my defenseman and my hat trick pick, uh, just want to give a shout out to Bet365. They have been our sponsor for the entire season so far. They have sponsored this show. Thank you so much to them. Uh, coming up, we have the NBA Deeper Dive at 5.30 Eastern with Josh Engelman and Adam Schur. And then the NBA Live Before Lock, an hour after that, 6.30 Eastern with Greg Ehrenberg and Eric Lindquist. Um, yeah, defenseman. I wrote up Roman Yossi uh, in the picks article. Like He is by far, in a way, the highest projected defenseman uh, that we have at Stochastic here tonight. In fact, why don't I just show you uh, just how big uh, that gap is. On DraftKings, we have Roman Yossi at nearly 15 points and Kel McCarr at nearly 11.5, so about a 3.5-point gap. So, yeah, Roman Yossi, definitely one of our favorite plays here. Obviously, Eric Carlson um, for the Penguins going into Anaheim with the way that Anaheim uh, takes their penalties. On the other side of the Anaheim game, I don't mind Pavel Midtukov. I think he's looked really, really good so far this season, especially if you're making some sort of Anaheim stack. That makes a lot of sense. You know the Philly, the Philly defensemen. Base, they're all they're all in play. Like everybody that plays for Philadelphia is in play. You know it's the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Travis Sanheim obviously uh, would be the guy I'd want to target. Uh, Brent Burns has been priced down a lot for Carolina. He's technically on the second power play unit, but they relatively split their units, so I don't mind him in the mid price range. Tory Krug. I mentioned how St. Louis loaded the top power play unit. Um, he's down to 4K. He's not a guy that racks on peripherals, so he does need really does need goals and assists um, to, to have DFS value. But at 4K, um, might be worth the risk. Uh, for cheap defensemen, Connor Clifton, 2,500 from Buffalo. You know, with Matias Samuelson out, he'll probably have to play about 19, 20 minutes. He's stone mid price on DraftKings, very much live uh, for the shot block bonus. Um, you know, I mentioned Jacob McDonald from San Jose, uh, winger on DraftKings, but he is a cheap defenseman on FanDuel. Uh, Brock Faber from Minnesota, 3,500. He's getting minutes as long as Jared Spurgeon stays out. Radko Gudis uh, for Anaheim, he might have to block a lot of shots facing Pittsburgh here tonight. Um, Ryan Graves from the Pittsburgh side, like if you don't want to pay up for an expensive Pittsburgh defenseman, Graves can both shoot and block shots. So, uh, he can really rack up the peripherals, and I think he's at 3,500 on DraftKings. That's a price where I'll play him. I won't play him when he's like 4,300 or something, but 3,500, I think he's very much in play. And obviously, Eric Gustafson for the Rangers. Uh, as long as he's still running the top power play in for the Rangers, they have a three and a half total. I think he makes a lot of sense as a cheap defenseman here tonight. And my hat trick pick on this slate. Um, my hat trick pick on this slate is Seth Jarvis, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, people are saying no NBA uh, here tonight. Well, it was on the show. I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy. You know, if you put it on the teleprompter, I'm going to read it. Or it was on the schedule, I think. Sorry. But Seth Jar Jarvis is my hat trick pick. I think um, Carolina has a good game here uh, against Buffalo tonight. It's just a matter of which guys get on the board. I'm, I'm picking Seth Jarvis. As my hat trick pick. All right, we got to get out of here. We've ran for over an hour. Josh will be back with me uh, on Thursday. Um, thank you so much. So thank you so much, everybody, for uh, bearing with us. 
Hopefully uh, we get some winners here tonight. Be sure to send those along. Be sure to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Be sure to give us five stars uh, if you're downloading the podcast. Hopefully we can get some green. Um, If not, there's always a new day tomorrow. But until then, thank you very much and good luck tonight, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.